Hey everyone, Dan Lovai here and welcome to the New Net Podcast, the podcast where we talk to interesting people doing interesting things in and around PNG. Now today I'll be joined by a very special guest who is someone who I've done some work with before in the past and she's definitely one of the women I think of when I hear the term women in business. So yes, please make welcome Jenny from House of Boom. Thank you. Um... What's up, guys? It's me, Jenny from House of Boon. <laughs> For the sake of our listeners and viewers who may not know about you or about House of Boon, could you just tell us a bit about yourself? Well, um, yeah, I actually moved um, to POM around, um, let's say, July. Um, before that, I used to live in the block, hence Valtal uh, Jail, Jenny from the block. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was in, I was selling, I was going back and forth. Um, I used to fly here once a month uh, to join the Palm City markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to sell some items that I'd get from China um, during the markets. And then I'd fly back after the sales. And it worked out really, really well for me because back in Kokopo, we don't have that much. Like the, inc- the economy there is not as... Um, what it's like here in Pom, you know, there's more people, people are willing to spend more here in Pom um, compared to being in Rival. So um, that really helped me a lot, um, just financially and, you know, just supporting my family back home as well. Um, prior to moving to Pom, I used to just sell like um, cow cow and, mm-hmm. you know, garden food, fruits. And yeah, my main, um, my main customer base would be in, in Pom. Um, yeah, so it was, it really, Palm City Markets really helped me a lot just from moving there and coming to, to a Palm, which is like a much more bigger market than I'd ever expect. So, yeah. Man, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to ask, uh, how have you found uh, living in Palm compared to uh, back home? Oh, it's a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle, yes. Just um, finding a good place to rent, mm. you know, a good space, you know, um, and then storage space, um, and then just a good space to um, to market your items. So it's good that we found um, a space in, in Vision, Vision City. Mm. And that, I guess if it was somewhere else, I probably wouldn't be as, like the business wouldn't be as successful as it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. But so a big thanks to Vision City. It's really um, it's really a good place to like really um, there's a lot of traffic there. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, and it's it's central and it's safe. So um, I started off as an online business. Um, so we sold online and then we moved here to Pom and then started selling offline, which really helped a lot um, with with sales. And, you know, and I understand that. Uh uh, doing things online and running a business predominantly online, not having a physical location uh, can be a bit difficult when you're dealing with customers who uh, aren't exactly always 100% with the intentions of actually purchasing. Yeah, that's one. You know, like, because when you run an online business, you're always on your phone and that's mm-hmm. draining already, you know. So you talk to a lot of people on the daily and, mm-hmm. you know, some people, they don't understand that when you're talking, like, when you ask to reserve an item mm-hmm. or, you know, or you tell them that you're going to pick up at a certain day, people actually have to go out of their way to actually make it to the spa- um, mm-hmm. to that location that you're, that you want to meet up at, at that current time, you know? So people actually to take the time out of their day to come out and actually just meet up with you to sell the item uh, for you to pick it up mm-hmm. offline. And when you don't show up, Oh man, it's a waste of taxi. You know, taxi is expensive. Mm-hmm. Like just taking like taxi, like 
I live like roughly seven minutes from VCN. That's like 20 kina. So it's yeah. a, and then that's just one trip, not round mm. trip. So for someone to like say, oh, let's meet at this uh, place at this time. And then you take your time out to come and, you know, yeah. and then they don't show up. Oh man. So that's like some of the struggles as mm. a online business. And then also having people uh, having no space. Mm-hmm. So when you have items that are there for a really long time, it just consumes space. And then you have to really figure out how to sell it out real fast because if not, then then you're just making a loss because it's just taking up space. Mm-hmm. And when it's just take up space and then also the shelf limit. Uh, uh-huh. So after, sometimes for a while, it's, it's on the shelf for quite some time now. You find it more hard to sell. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's me personally, but... Yeah, I've, I always from so now I use it as a marketing technique. So when I see like um, something that's been on the shelf for like, let's say maybe two months, I feel like that's a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'll try my best to sell it out as soon as possible. Yeah. Do you lower the price or uh, lower the price or sell like a promo combo? So if you come to House of Bong, you see that we sell a lot of things in combo and mm. so like um, 50 kina for three, 50 for four. And now we're like, this is the most that I've uh, we've done in sales is like selling 50 for five underwear. Uh, ah. And actually, yeah, the only reason why we do this is because space. Because it's just taking up space. And then we really need to get rid of it just so we can have new stock. Mm-hmm. So one, it helps with um, generating new re- revenue for your new stock. Um, and two... Just getting rid of just literally just getting rid of it like take it <laughs> yeah so yeah it's been a hassle trying to compete with other established um, companies mm-hmm. as well because you know you have like really big companies that you know they they have you know they have the money to spend and us as SME we don't have that you know we, we, we don't have that yet you know what I mean so when you're starting up as a startup, like House of Boom, we're a startup, uh, SME. So every like everything we spend on the item, it's like if we make that loss, it's a big loss mm. for us. Yeah, it's not like us. Oh, Anyways, whatever. Next. <laughs> yeah, it's like we we build a boon. Now, Jenny, one thing I did want to ask is uh, when did you start uh, working with House of Boom, and uh, would you know uh, how the business first came about? Uh, we started, I think, uh, last year, roughly July. Yeah, was a bit more serious note for us. Um, we moved to Pom, uh, and then so from offline, I mean online, shift to offline, and you know, getting IPA and all that stuff, teen and all that. So you know, just really registering it and as a legit ah. company, yeah. So from a not so legit company, just an online business, to actually like you know registering and you know getting that certificate, um, and just taking it seriously. To be, I didn't take it seriously in the beginning because I used to do um, I used to sell fruits, mm-hmm. like I said. Um, so when my my brothers and sisters, you know, they, they own business here and I've always, um, advocate for me to like live the village and, you know, come and, you know, work in the city. And for me, it's like, uh, it's a big commitment to leave the village and come here in the mm. city. Cause in the village we have it. So, well, actually coming to Pom, 
I didn't like POM in the beginning. Mm. I hated it, actually. Because all the stories you hear and, and every time you see the news, there's always something bad going on in POM. And I didn't want to leave my safe space mm. to come here. But my sisters and brothers, they're always like, you know, encouraging me. So what they did in the beginning is they buy, bought me a ticket to come here. So they lured me into the city. <laughs> and um, I... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then, um, you know, they, they started like, you know, you should start your own business or, you know, work in the city. So I started off working at like Techno Mobile PNG. Oh. So I worked there for a bit until I jumped ship and worked for House of Boom and, you know, just help with everything and just um, just getting serious with the business. Um, House of Boom, why it's called House of Boom. Um, Boom is actually a shot for my village name, Boom Tabu. Ah. Yes, and also Bung, you know, is together. Mm-hmm. Yes, so hence House of Bung. So it's like House Lo Bung, Up Lo Bung. Yeah. Oh man, you mentioned about how it was in the beginning when uh, the business uh, House of Bung had to be registered, and I think that's one of the biggest uh, hurdles or obstacles that some other like startups and SMEs face and. Uh, could you just tell me a bit about how that whole entire process was and whether you did it yourself or did you go through uh, some kind of broker or someone who has experience? Yeah, um, doing your SME and TN and IPA thing, it's a hassle. And if you have to be willing to give up time to go get mm. it done. Me, actually, I, I, f- I found out that I paid more than I should. But I think the thing that that it uh, so i paid like um i paid an agent to get mm-hmm, mine done mm-hmm. but they didn't really complete it so it was half done because at the time i was traveling so i couldn't get all my um information and all my um ah. papers together so i paid the 350 kina i think it was 350 kina and then on top of that i paid an, someone else another roughly 200 kina to help me finish it so I did it halfway, yeah. So if if you could have done it yourself, it would be just like a hundred fifty kina, I think, yeah. So I mean, I don't, I can't complain. At least someone got it done, mm-hmm. you know. So agent or not, at least I found like at least do what works for you. Some people they can wait hours in line and do it themselves, mm. and some people just can't. And me personally. It wouldn't be so convenient for me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you pay, I paid. I chose to pay an agent to do it, um, and they did the job. And and I guess um, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Man, yeah, no, it's it, It's always the weirdest thing where just to get official in PNG in terms of like you know something yeah. like a business. It's such Hustle. a workaround, and there's so much red tape and. Yeah. Like one of the smallest examples of that is just trying to put money in your account at BSP. Like that's uh, that's your day. Like that's yeah. it. You've, lo- you've lost one a day. day. Yes, and you don't know if it's gonna be your turn. <laughs> you know what? That is something that's really bothering me. Like Papua New Guinea, we have so much potential, and we have so much like like a lot of us can be in um, places. M- much more higher than we are now you know but the only hurdle we're facing is that um the official interest uh what do you call it ablo registrar mm-hmm. and something or it's not easy for us to get there you know and it's not easy for us to actually get these things done like i'm currently facing this thing where i paid for my passport uh, i'm mm-hmm. trying to get it renewed 
and it cost i think i think it's 150 kina or 100 kina to get it mm-hmm. done and it the normal time is time frame is one month yeah and they have like a they have a due date on on the paper when you pay for mm-hmm. it it says that your passport will be due at this time but you won't get it at that time because so that's that's the hassle mm-hmm. now that's the hurdle that that these people in the office they make you go through but they actually get paid for it you know like you're mm. already getting paid to help us do this process but then you want to get paid another extra for you mm. to actually do your job which is something that is really sucking the life out of you know, like SME and or just ordinary Papua New Guineans like so that's why foreigners when they start their company they actually hire like foreigners to come and work or be in this position where Papua New Guinean can be in mm-hmm. that position just because like a Papua New Guinean when I say Papua New Guinea I don't mean all of us you know I know that some of us are trying mm. you know and some of us are the good people in the business but that's just the some rotten apple that's ruining the rest you know and then and and then you as a good apple you get sucked into it and you become a mm. rotten apple as well and it, you, it's not by choice you want to be a good person but it's just hard it's just hard being a good person inside the whole box of rotten apples yeah so that's something that's that's keeping us back you mm. know from flourishing or as a whole mm. as a whole as Papua New Guineans in business you know it's not easy so you always have to have lunch money for somebody and then a lunch money for somebody to sub- for somebody and you know and it's the easy way out and sometimes you just have no choice but to take the easy way out because mm. then if you had to wait you'd wait for I don't know who knows how long yeah oh you know I've I've heard so many stories of uh examples or stories where things wouldn't happen if uh if this if that alternative wasn't yeah. taken if you waited how many months to get something that even though you did everything the legal way yeah. and everything like how it was supposed to do you don't get it in time and everything just takes a bit longer and it's it's kind of sad that those systems are just the way it is and it's been that way for the longest time mm. but i think uh, i feel like in some areas it's getting better i feel mm. like uh I'd say well uh, just I'm not I, I don't want to get too specific but I'd say like maybe in some areas it's getting better there's less I I, I know some uh, establishments that are clamping down or at least they're not uh and that's they're good. not entertaining mm. uh, that kind of uh practice anymore. Oh yeah no there is some mm-hmm. some establishments and that's really good cuz like we as a whole when I say we as a whole I mean like you milk the man married with Papua New Guinea and you claim yourself you're a Papua New Guinean if you want to see your country change Mm. These are the small habits that you have to change. It's not like we're not down in Point Blue or this like kind, you know. Like our old Papua New Guineans, like people in the village, we are we are you know people who love to help people, and you, we have a, one of the strongest people in like in the world. I feel like oh man, Ulailoples, they can do mm. so much work for nothing, you know, just for thank you or just because they they want to help you. But in the city, it's not like that, you know. You you have to give a bit of something, and you have to. Well, I do it out of my appreciation, you know, for like so impassina. Mm-hmm. But now it's come to a point where like it's mandatory. Is it mandatory? How do they say it? Mandatory. 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 Yeah, like if you don't do it, some people will view us type of way. But actually, scratch that. Um, I have so much good experience in Port Moresby from normal citizens 
that it's changed so much like of my mm-hmm. view about Port Moresby and you just know that there's a lot of good people out there but it's just that the bad people are making the name you know mm. they're making the news they're making the rounds so we can't give them all credit so we have to give the good people credit as well and I think that's that's what will change us we need to sh- like we need to praise more of our good people instead of mm-hmm. tarnishing our bad people awesome I've been named role man make a good love passing and Online, make it plant the no good person here. You know, have a name, lol. Some hide them all. So they don't get that airtime. So our people know that there's a lot mm. of good people around. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think I had a, I spoke to a friend of mine who said that it, it's, it's too, it's happening too often where we're, we're putting the wrong people in front for the wrong reasons. Mm. And they, yeah. they, and then now they're representing the country on, the, right. on like a world stage, especially uh, now with something like the internet now. Mm. And it's, not good and in, and then we also do it in our own country as well a yes. lot of people like to talk about uh, only the negative things yes. there's not enough light yes. uh, shown on the positive but there's a lot of positive people out because mm. I I've been traveling around and it's my goal to like travel every part of Papua New Guinea because so you must have a country before you can see out the line local country I used to be in tourism before uh-huh. moving yes so I used to take like um, my main customers would be Asian Asian, because um, I speak um, Mandarin, fluent Mandarin mm. and Cantonese. So I used to bring them around and take them around Kokopo and, you know, trying to expand. So I've been traveling a lot. And then, you know, you, you oh, we broke down in the middle of Lei, middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, Ramu. Uh, sorry, not Ramu, uh, the valley, Makam Valley. Broke down there. I was thinking, oh my goodness, because all the bad news you hear, mm. you know, all the bad stuff you hear. So we were there, it's in the evening, place is getting really dark. To make it worse, there's no signal. So I'm just like, Lord, please help me. <laughs> Next thing you know, these big trucks are going by and I'm like, look, let's just stop a car, you know. It's better than just standing here for hours. Mm. So we just stopped the car and you know what? A car stopped and it was a family in the car they're from Jiwaka. They stopped. They helped us. Drove us out to somewhere else. Got us some fuel. Mm-hmm. Put a car and we were back on the road. And I was just like, man, that's crazy. They didn't ask for anything. But out of appreciation, you know, I just gave him a little bit of coins for his fuel because mm-hmm. he took, a, took us out, you know. And then when we went to Jiwaka, we ran into them again. And then they got us... <laughs> They get, they bought us some stuff. You know, like he has a fifty kina. Go and buy your your friend some drinks or food, and it's like wow, small world, you know. And mm. these are the positive things that happened, you know, like people just helping you out. And even in Port Moresby, I was so shocked because our car broke down in the middle wow. of Port. I was just like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> out of all the places, Port Moresby mm. is the worst place you'd want to break down, you know, and. Everything was like, you know, you hear people like, oh, they're going to burn your car and they're mm. going to do this. They're going to do that. So I was like really thinking of the worst. So, you know, we were waiting for a while. And I'm like, don't be too obvious that we're breaking down, <laughs> you know, because we're just some me and my friends. Mm-hmm. So we're both girls, you know, so female, young female women mm. in Port Moresby breaking down. It's like the worst of the worst. And you know what? Someone just stopped and offered to help us. And he just filled up our car. It was like a roughly like a. Big oil there. You know those cooking oil? The mama cooking oil, the big one, the uh-huh. yellow container? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was how much fuel he had. And he put it in our car and he didn't ask us for any money. And I offered to give him like, sorry, bestie, ma'am. 
Hundred kinaya, please. Thank you, Lord. Fuel ya, you know. And he's like, no, I'm thousand. I'm right. Thank you. No, one more time, you buy Brooklo download some black na buy you me. Like you know, and this is in Port Mosby. Port Mosby. So I was like, man, you know, like thank you, like thank you so much. Like you are the type of people that we need to see more in this country. Like, and these are the type of people who should be representing our country and not the other people who, you know, you break down and they come and raid your car and burn your car but there's a lot of them out there you know because there were two people who stopped and helped us and one actually stick stick around that left but one stayed yeah yeah no you don't ah i'm trying to think i'm trying to think if i've ever heard a positive story about (laughs) most of it i honestly i can't come i can't come up with anything most of the stories i know end with a fight or we were in danger and we made it out (laughs) nothing nothing ever positive no no but i've been surprised surprisingly i've encountered like so many positive things because i'm like before moving here everything was on a negative Mm -hmm. for me you know like this and you know people trying to hustle you and you know finesse you for this and that and you know so far to be honest, like I've met a lot of positive people who helped me out and even on my business, you know, in like working here, it just helped us, you know, s- smooth sail a bit, even though there's rough in the middle, but then they help us get to like mm-hmm. where we have to get to. And I really, truly appreciate these people. And I want to thank you. I take this time to like, thank, <laughs> thank you. Good Samaritans out of Papua New Guinea and Port Mosby was just trying to paint a good picture. And, you know, we need more of these type of people around, you know. Man. Yeah, no, I, now it's bothering me. It's bothering me that I can't think of any <laughs> positive stories. But I think one one aspect of specifically POM people that I like is that when we're all together and when we're struggling, like, we all care about each other, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like, some instances where, I mean, we were talking about earlier where, it uh, it's a bit of a hassle to get things done, you know. Officially, like when there's a, there's a lot of waiting in lines, mm-hmm. there's a lot of waiting yeah. in lines that happens in PNG. And I feel yeah. like one positive aspect of Papua New Guineans is that when we're all struggling and waiting in line, we sort of look out for each other, and we all know that we're all <laughs> suffering and waiting. So whenever we see someone uh, trying to cut in line or do things quickly, we all get mad at them. And I think that's that's as far as positive stories go. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of when it comes to PNG people. When we're all in it together, we make sure that uh, no one else is being treated uh, unfairly uh, mm. or has a more of an advantage, advantage, unfair advantage over the rest of us. When like you know we've been the ones waiting in line, but you know it, it's that's just one of those things that I admire about PNG people in general. And you make really good friends during those situations, yeah. you know, because you're like frustrated and you're talking and then you talk, 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 and suddenly like you know, friends with this random person here. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty cool. You do that, man. That's I've been looking for this type of person, you know. And so yeah, I've been in a lot of these situations. Mm. Yeah, you meet a lot of people on the way, and then you know, like, you're surprised how how different like um, people you meet on the way that the, their story is just like amazing, mm. you know. Uh, now, Jenny, just uh, uh, I'll steer things back a bit towards uh, back towards the business side of things. Yes. And I did want to ask, uh, as someone who's uh, recently, uh, I'd say, been in it, as in like dealing with like trying to live in Palm and trying to, you know, make enough coins just to exist and, uh, <laughs> you know, make a living in Palm. Uh, what's one, I guess, one of your top five or top three qualities do you think someone uh, would need to have? 
to be successful or at least be able to sustain themselves with a business? Mm. One, probably um, consistency. Just waking up on you know just on the time, wake up on time, um, getting to work on time, um, and just consistent with your products and items. Mm-hmm. So consistency is one. Two is um, honesty. Mm-hmm. Honesty, and just customer service. Uh huh. Customer service. Oh man, I think customer service is something that we m- might be slightly lacking. A yeah. bit, yes, but customer service is very important, and I think that's what brought us a bit, like you know, one step a bit um, further than our previous um, mm-hmm. starting point. So mm-hmm. like, um, is customer service. You know, I always tell my girls like, when you talk to a customer, even if they're not buying anything, mm-hmm. to smile, thank you, introduce every single item that you can say in that one minute. You know, so just talk. Everything goes, but the thing is that you have to make them feel um, appreciated, mm-hmm. and you know, and you have to be thankful because without them, they won't be us. So customer service is oh, I'm really important. So yeah, that's three. Is it? I mean, as many as you can come <laughs> up with. Um, yeah, this one I kind of um, lack a bit. It's time. Be on time. Mm. Yes. I know because we all have our hustles and hurdles. So for me, timely because my car is currently in the service. I bought a bad car. <laughs> Secondhand. <laughs> giving me headaches. But yeah, being on time is um, is one thing. Um, and I try my best. I try my best to be on time. Sometimes you just can't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because um, getting transportation is just a, a bit of a hassle. Um but yeah, being on time really helped a lot um, in the beginning. And I, in the beginning, I had a, a bit of an advantage because I had a transport. Uh-huh. But now I don't have transports. So it's like a, a lacking a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. So yeah, that and also um, just creative marketing. Uh-huh. Yes. So I think marketing, oh man, marketing is, is one of the things that really uh, helped kick and so collaborating with local SMEs, mm-hmm. that's what something that got us a bit, you know, get the topic a bit hot. So we collaborated with some other SMEs, you know, did some giveaways um, and also just good marketing strategy. I learned a lot from like Palm City has station, uh-huh. you know, she does very good marketing uh, and also these online thrift shops, you know, mm-hmm. they have how they, um, how they put their you know um, station their uh, items and you know how they take pictures and post like uh there was uh there was this really good thrift shop that i really um admire and i uh, i forgot the i I forgot the name of the thrift shop but it's um, busy being kim Mm -hmm. yes she was a very good um uh, marketing person i i really admire her actually she sold um thrift uh thrifted mm-hmm. clothes but the way she you know the way she put, post the picture and how she took it and how she you know and how i'm putting aside and i'm making mm. bilasim it just looks so good that you want to buy it and you're willing to pay like 30 kina for this thrifted item and sometimes like she has like bids and people would bid up to 50 to 60 to 80 kina for a thrifted item but that's her marketing strategy. She's really good. 
you know what I mean? And the way, and when you receive that clothes, oh, it smells nice. You know that it's mm. been washed. It's clean and you can wear it right away. And she irons it for you or steams it for you. So I really enjoyed buying items like from her page because you know that when it arrives to you, it's already cleaned and washed. Mm. You don't have to worry about that. And just the way she packages her stuff, oh, it's so good. I forgot what her thrift, um, thrifted shop name was, but her Insta page is Busy Being Kim. Yes. Oh, man. On plus, Sipik sister. Uh. Yeah, Sipik. Uh, no, because I, I don't think a lot of people understand that a lot goes into just presenting and mm, the presentation, presentation and then yeah. the quality of the product like uh for example a lot of people sell uh vehicles or mm. cars on facebook marketplace mm. and sometimes n- none of the important information is <laughs> connected to the post or you can't even see what kind of car it is or <laughs> the angles are not yeah. good at all the quality of the camera and the quality of the image is poor as well and i think uh that goes back to the how you describe the busy being Kim. Like mm-hmm. she does a very good job with uh, marketing mm-hmm. and just showing them what the product product is, enticing people to buy it, making people want the product. And I think that's one aspect of uh, marketing for SMEs that uh, a lot of PNG SMEs need to learn as well. And her packaging, packaging, uh-huh. and how she presents. Uh, uh, like after her, after you get her package, when you you open it up and it's like, wow, it's it smells nice. <laughs> looks good <laughs> yeah man but there's a lot of thrift shop now they're doing really well for themselves mm-hmm. and you'd be surprised that you know people would would be happy go online to spend maybe like 10 times more the price they would spend when actually going out to a but we are happy to spend this money because you know what you chose a nice item product mm-hmm. you you've you know washed it up or clean it up and it looks nice you know the, another um, a new thrift shop that I actually like is um, Budget Colors. Uh-huh. Yeah, they uh, they do it. In, um, why I'm attracted to them is because it's affordable. Because they sell from ranges like ten to fifteen to twenty, mm-hmm. which is okay ish. Some thrifted items at the moment they sell for twenty and above. You mm. know, so she keeps it at ten to fifteen, which is pretty good. Yeah. Man. Yeah, no, no, I've, I've definitely seen that, the, the growth in uh, thrift shop style businesses. And even there's one for men's clothes as well that are coming yeah. up as well. No, because it's it's, it, it's an interesting service because you're paying for also the kind of the labor as well mm-hmm. that it goes into, you know, going to all yeah. these second hands and yeah. sifting through all the different all clothes, clothes, finding yeah. the quality ones, finding the ones that yeah. are of the right size that people would buy and be interested in. Oh, it's so time yeah, consuming. Yeah. It's time consuming. Yeah, so they have to actually go out of their way to go to these second hands and then choose out of these thousands of clothes which one they think that you might like and then they post it up. Yeah. Man. But it's good. It's good that, you know, like people, like now that you know that people are willing to pay more mm-hmm. just to save them that time because time is money you know? yes yeah yeah <laughs> i think uh recently and i've learned that lesson and it's been solidified in my and the way i run my things now time is definitely money uh now now we're speaking on the topic of clothes and i think uh before we record we started recording the podcast and if i can remember correctly i think because we know each other and i think a, a while back or a month ago maybe i think no more uh, than a month yeah <laughs> you, you mentioned that um you 
are trying to or like with your work that you're doing with House of Boom, you're also trying to improve uh, the style of uh, specifically uh, fashion and streetwear of like average Papua New Guinea. So if, if you could just like, just like, explain a bit more on that. Yeah. So, you know, it's not really like um, altering the style. It's hard. It's hard to alter mm-hmm. the style in Papua New Guinea because um, it just has to be a trend, you know, because like Papua New Guineans, we are kind of more conservative. But mm-hmm. then now we're moving into this modern age where, you know, people are f- they're dressing freely. Like, look, I tucked my shirt in. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm wearing a bit a high waist. You know, mm-hmm. we show more skin nowadays. And I'm wearing this, oh, this really nice, it's one of my favorite shirts from Barata PNG. Mm-hmm. And, like, people like them, Barata PNG, you know, they're trying to change the game. And they're doing quality streetwear, which is really nice. And the thing is that when you come into business, that's something that a lot of Papua New Guineans don't understand, I think, is that competition is healthy. Mm-hmm. And you have to let competition happen. You cannot be like, oh, look, I'm Salih Islam, I'm Blumi, I'm Fes Salim. Like, no, that's not the point, mm-hmm. you know. Competition is it's going to help you grow, you know. Because actually, you know, like, <laughs> like a... It's actually, Palm City has station. The owner is my sister. Mm. Yes. So sometimes I sell items and then she starts selling them for such a low price. And I get, why are you selling that? I'm already selling that, you know? And so it's like, at the end of the day, you have to understand, like, now I have to, I have to think, what else mm. can I sell that, is, that she can't sell? Or, or what, can I, what else can I sell from a different price? And people who like your brand or your company will always go to your company because like um we sell these fake nails you know mm-hmm. i sell it for a much more cheaper price maybe like 10 kina and she sells maybe like for 15 kina or something like that or 12.90 but so and then when she does a promo she sells it for five kina you know so it's, so it's we're always going back and forth with this you know and and i would go and buy all her five kina and sell it again because because it's it's business you know so competition is always there and you have to kind of like try your best to market it your product more and see why would people want to come and buy it from mm-hmm. you what is the advantage you know maybe it's your customer service you know us at also boom we really appreciate people who spend a lot of like money on in, in our stall so we give them like complimentary gifts you know um we give them complimentary gifts or now we're trying to figure out what more can we do to, for our existing customers, mm-hmm. and, and as a small business, it's it's not like it's not like um, easy to be giving money. So we try our best to use it as a like discount or you know like or like complimentary gift. You know that's in that way. Right. Yeah. But yeah, competition. Yeah. We really need competition, and if. The competition when we have more competition then we'll have like um our our customers will be the ones uh, benefiting from competition and we want the customers to spend money because money has to go around money can't be in in one person's hand mm. only when the money is rotating that's when everyone else has a happy life you know and then you probably see less crime less this less that because people have money you know like back in Kokopo, i sell sugarcane juice for one kina um that's because i plant the sugarcane myself mm-hmm. um the ice is my own all i'm paying for is bus fare to come down the machine is mine it's manual so and so but when i come to palm i cannot 
price it for one kin anymore. Right. Because I have to buy all these things. I have to buy the sugar cane. I have to pay for the transportation. Then I have to pay for whoever helps me come and carry this sugar cane up. And then whoever helps me carry my sugar cane machine. And then whoever helps um, me sell, mm-hmm. uh, mill the sugar cane. Even though it's not like the one back home where we have manual milling, which is more tiring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, city people are different. You know, mm. so the, their their price is different to pay them as well. So, and and then now you see like there's a lot of um, people who sell juice as well. So how why would people buy your juice? You know, right. so it's you you work with them. You know, it's like it's not it's not all necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's like even it's competition, but but you can't see it as competition. Am I right? <laughs> doctor? <laughs> In a way, you know what I mean? Like, so you just kind of like try and see how you can better your service. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, try competition is, is something that will help us grow and it will help us master our craft, you know? Like, I, I completely agree with that. I, I believe in the saying that iron sharpens iron. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the most important things uh, to do when you're an SME and you're building up. And competition is very important because uh, I've been doing something that hasn't been done in PNG. Uh, before so it's as if I'm creating the market for it and then because I'm creating the market for it no one else is doing it so mm-hmm. I unintentionally have a monopoly mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a good thing and most times because the market doesn't exist I'm the only one doing it there's no one else uh, out there providing a better alternative or a cheaper alternative or something that's of a different style or quality so that's that's one thing that I believe that the the market that I've stumbled onto needs and it requires that. And I think in time it will happen, but I, I firmly do believe in that competition but is healthy. It's it's a good thing in the beginning. It's like you have a head start. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, competition will bring its own audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like now you, you have like a niche market. Yeah. So like, like all oh, customers, you see, you have your friends. I have my friends mm-hmm. and then they have their friends and you know what they have their own customers and I have my own customers so that's why when we are collaborating oh that's one collaborating with local SMEs mm-hmm. why it's so important to just you know acknowledge and collaborate with your local SMEs like all got audience floor, all got customers floor, and you have your own customers and once you collaborate your customers get to know their business and service and products and items and likewise their customers get to know your business and service and products and items and whatnot so it's like you like first you had like a hundred people and you had like a hundred people now you have 200 people combined and then it just expands from there you know so you might not not everyone will like you personally mm-hmm. but because you've but they like this person and now you're collaborating so now they have no choice but to see your artwork you know so it's kind of like collide your businesses you know come together and just bring more people to the yard. <laughs> oh, man. <Yeah>, no. <sighs> Which is a good thing. You know, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> Honestly, just listening to everything you're dropping right now, I think this would probably want to be on the list of one of those episodes where a lot of knowledge and insight into business has just been dropped on the podcast. So I, I appreciate you coming here and leaving this with us. <laughs> Actually, um, disclaimer I'm I don't see myself as a big businesswoman you mm-hmm. know so I truly truly appreciate that you're referring to me as that and you know what this is something that we as Papua New Guineans need to do more mm-hmm. we need to look you know because even when I say like, 
I consider myself like a, a village girl in the city, you know. But then you have to understand that we can't be always talking down on ourselves. And that's mm-hmm. something that is a bad habit that we have for centuries, I think. Um, our mom and dad, you know, it's like trauma parenting. And the trauma continues. And I think in the Highlands, it's a bit better because they mm-hmm. uplift each other. It's so nice. Traveling in the Highlands is one of the most like, oh, it's... It's so nice. You hear people like, Lida, Bosman, Aya, Chive, you know, in the islands, we don't have that, that much, you know. They will see you, like, if you're dressed, they'll dress, you dress certain way, and they'll be like, you think you want them? You acting, you like sofa, you know. Like, it's, they're always, like, trying to drag you down, you know what I mean? So, when, tra- and then now you have to, now, now let that, um, what do you call that? Um, project in our reality mm-hmm. a lot of our leaders are from the highlands a lot of the businessmen are from the highlands mm-hmm. businessmen and women are from the highlands and our islander people are not as dominant in this area mm-hmm. of business because every time we're trying to succeed our own people drag us down you know like i've uh, me selling like that's why i had to leave cocoa too because you know like when i'm when i'm there and selling i, I can sell my juice for one kina cup and then this person comes up and says, tato please i'm like free cup number to me got 23 soul yeah you know like some things like that and then you know you have to yeah you give up and just like off take it you know but in the highlands they respect your business and they know that you're doing this as a business they support you you know like they they actually spend their money or you know like you know they make it they don't ask they don't mm-hmm. you know they think twice before asking you know them as we don't think twice in the islands i'm just asking you know like they don't think mm-hmm. twice about it you know so it's like n- no consequences and and then we're always talking down on each other. And so we as islanders, me as an islander, we, are, we have to do better, you know. Mm-hmm. We have to uplift each other, you know. And then, and, and, you know, learn from our highlanders, you know, because mm-hmm. they are doing something really good. And you see how far they are in, in this business world and how far they are in the politics because they actually, you know, like they come together and they uplift each other, you know. So I moved back. So I went to school in China mm-hmm. for... 14 years and then I I was like I was strongly like I had to fight to come back home because mm-hmm. you know like my parents and family they didn't want me to come back to PNG you know it's like you know of course they want you to find a job overseas and you know but me I feel like so we must go back to the roots you know? like I felt like I, something was missing with me you know like I I didn't have like a self-identity mm-hmm. you know I just like I didn't know where I belong and you know like sometimes in life you get to that point and you're just lost and you just had to like find yourself and you know identify yourself you know so I came back home and I moved to the village and my mom has a has a block up up in the village um, so I moved there up at Warangoy and this area so this area was split up in the by the river and it was split into two so on this side my uncle gave it to his immediate family so all the girls have a little mm-hmm. portion of land on the other side it was given to my mom because she helped her i helped him 
um, when he was struggling, you know, and, and when he was alive. So he gave the other half to my mom for us as well in the future. So I lived there for two years um, with no water, no power, uh, and I was literally in the dark. And during that time, I was never bothered. I lived there peacefully. You know, my life was good. I would go down into town, sell my cows or my breads and buns or whatnot, and then come back into town. We have this kerosene lamp that's been going, you know, so which like sometimes when we have no money at all, we we'll just be using like the, you know, there's a small torch at the end of this one, kind of lighters. Yeah. And otherwise, other times when we are, we have a little bit of money, we have we use kerosene and we turn these like, you know, those glass bottles and then we put kerosene in there, put like a cloth mm-hmm. and then you use the can to like make the, the middle and then so it burns a really long time. So uh, after two years of that, now I have a little bit of money now. So I started building my permanent house. So once I put my permanent house, out of nowhere now everyone's to come and claim this land this is their land you know and it be your own people you know so where were you when i was struggling you know you could have come and i built my first house with all this secondhand material you know no one came no one was there to help me you know you would come and visit me give me some food i, I would do the same and go visit you give you some food now i, I want to put build my permanent house now everybody wants to come and claim the land now everybody wants to like you know come and visit me every day every day you know so this is something that's that's wrong with our society, mm. you know. Especially us, the islanders, like, you mean don't like walk boom? Ah, so you halving me na me by halving you too, mm-hmm. ah? Yeah, but me look salo, me Of course, it's just common, you know, common sense, and you know, like, it's just something that. So you halving me na by me halving you, ah. And and in the highlands, you see a lot of that happening because they help their people like going to school, mm. you know, every, like the whole village tips in or whatever. The person goes, come back and look at line Like we we only come and give money when there's a house cry. And then we 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 eat the scones and buns and get drunk on Avudu and you know, and then then we're back to our business of asking for one kina or asking for a biscuit or boy or simuko. You know, like if we all came together and tipped in for something like a starting someone's business, because mm-hmm. you know a lot of the Chinese people here, that's what they do. Uh huh. A lot of them actually, and a lot of these businesses, these really big businesses, I would not say who and mm. they call names or whatever, but all of the, them started as workers. They came, started working really young, maybe like seventeen or sixteen mm-hmm. or whatever. They came here, started working off. They saved up a bit. But then they, they saved up a bit to a point where like they say like, boss, look, I'm trying to start my own business. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Their boss will help them. Their boss will fund them to start their business. Because then they will still always come and order from their boss. You know? they, it's like a win-win situation. Mm. You know? Even though you branch out or you, you open another branch, but then you would, you would still come and order from me. So it's like I'm, I'm, I earn another customer. Mm. So, so they all help each other, and you know some of these communities, they, they they all tip in to help them start their business. You know, their family members or or just friends, friends. They were just or same village. They all tip in, and then they start their business. So that's why you see now how a lot of them just been popping around like up like mushrooms because they help each other. It's like how can how do these people have money so much? Actually, a lot of these foreigners that come here, they cannot survive in their country. That's why they're here. Because if they were in their country, they wouldn't have that advantage. You know, there's so many more people who are way smarter than them, 
way better than making money than them. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're here. Because they can make money here. They can't make money in their country. Um. So if you think about it, if only we help each other, we'd be the same as them. But then we, we don't. You know, we, we hold back. We see, we gossip, we talk down. And that's the thing that's eating us alive. But we, sometimes we have to like recognize our, our bad habits. Mm-hmm. Passing to just sit down, why story, gossip, talk down, talk down. As if you're funding them. You're not even funding them, you know? Yeah. So it's just giving me a lot, a lot to think about. <laughs> oh, man. No, because what you just described, like, it's, it's specifically uh, for business. or you're, Like, you're speaking in terms of business, but, like, I feel like it is a cultural mm. issue as well. And it's a cultural yes. issue of just, I guess, I wouldn't say waiting for handouts, but not, not willing to help one another. And I'm, I'm thinking of... Uh, the phrase that's been going around of uh, take back PNG and it, it's been you know popular right like everybody oh, will take back PNG these foreigners are coming is it take back PNG from who from who we're taking back PNG from ourselves yeah. you know that's the thing when they say take back PNG from who that's exactly. the right question who are you taking BNG back from <laughs> yeah no it's just <laughs> <sighs> no that is true it's it's manipulation, you know. A lot of our people, we are sheep. Mm. There's only few leaders, and you will you will see those who lead. You will see everyone behind them. They're living good. Cause how can your leader be living lavish and you living in crumbs, still asking for one kina for your boy? It doesn't make sense. Cause what leaders are supposed to do is they're supposed to lead you out your uh, situation. You mm. know what I mean, like. They, they're going to direct the path. about clearing path for you so you can have a better life. And if you don't have a better life once you elect your leaders, what does that say? Is you did not elect mm. a leader. You know what I mean? So that's one problem that we see. That we always try to see like, oh, I'm big man, I'm leader man, I'm this and that. But you don't understand that a true leader will help your situation not just you but like your whole community come out from a situation whether they help you find a revenue you know mm-hmm. find a way to make a business your business or imp- export your products as a village do you know in china there's a village that is um it's called a beetle nut village because they make a lot of money it's a tourist destination as well so basically um tamblol mm-hmm. cacao Antap and boy. So they have this, they have like a huge plantation of um, betel nut in Hainan. And Tamlo is cacao, antap and boy. You know how us, when, how we plant cacao is antap and marmar. Mm-hmm. Tamlo and cacao. But imagine if we had like green gold, yeah. betel nut is green gold. <laughs> you know, like this time around when I went back home, like, like it's been two years now, I think. I planted just boy all the way around in Australia. Because you don't understand that we have so much gold in this country. We have from food, you know, to I mean like agriculture to actual mineral resources. And then, oh man, so many things that we have that the only problem is that we don't have the right leaders to open and clear that mm-hmm. path for us, for our items to actually go out. You know, food production we have. But then we don't have the right people to teach us how to preserve these items. Preserve. Because a lot of food goes to waste mm-hmm. in this country. A lot. 
and I wish I had the knowledge to. I'm trying my best to learn. And I watch my YouTube videos and not what not. But I know there's some people who know how to preserve, and it's the Asians. They're really good at preserving items because you know, like I used to plant like a lot of chili as well, and I'd bring down and. Which, uh, Malaysian guy would bite all of me and then just preserve it and oh he made the mm. best chili with it and it's fresh crunchy and it lasts for like two months even so, and then then and then on the other hand you go into the markets and then you see them all these chilies almost about to go bad you know and then, then you know that this is gonna go to waste the next day and so it's one is um, pres- uh, how do we preserve our food mm-hmm. our, our produce so that's another thing but yeah working together learning from each other you know sharing knowledge you know i mm-hmm. think sometimes people get offended like when you le- they don't want to teach you their craft mm-hmm. they don't want you to know wh- how they do it because they don't want you to be doing it as well right yes. so i think that's that's <sighs> another thing yeah so working together guys walk boom people are something Boom. So come together, learn from each other, help each other out, whether it's like marketing, you know, reposting your friends. Yeah, no, yeah. It's free. You don't need to pay anything. Just repost, you know, just tell tell your friends about it, you know. I really admire you, you know what? That's how I was like, oh, man, I will have to to get him to design my items. Because actually, I have a lot of friends who design, you know. I have like Mm -hmm. really good friends who do calligraphy in Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, but I think like, oh, we have so much local talent that it's a pity that we don't use it, you know. Mm. So that's how I was like, oh man, I have to go and check out Dan. And you know what? Y- your price was very cons- uh, like um, affordable mm-hmm. compared to the others I went and asked. And the others I went and asked was just not realistic. It's like a normal, ordinary Papua New Guinea cannot afford that. Mm. So your service is is now your customer base has shrunk because not everyone can afford your service. You know, like your service. I, I, my friend Gemma told me about your services. So. Oh yes. Yes. Start by Gemma. Yes. Yes. Stalin by Gemma. So she, she's a local SME entrepreneur as well, mm-hmm. and you know she's starting her own makeup business. You know, not a lot of people have that, and it's good for her as a young woman in business who can have her own like um, makeup business in Papua New Guinea. That's history making. you I told her you're part of history. Like in the future, maybe 10, 20, 30 years mm. later or 50 years later, people will be talking like, oh, the first person who started this and started that, they'll be talking about us now. We are living the history right now. We are in the era of history making. You know what I mean? Because our future generations, they'll be talking about us. Have you ever noticed that? Like every other country, they're, they're, yeah. they're not in the same that's why when it was it was not it was so significant like it was such a big deal when our first prime minister died because for mm-hmm. us that was our first prime minister and every other country was looking at us like oh these guys are making like uh oh, more they're making a big deal out of nothing but they don't understand there are mm. hundreds of prime ministers ahead already but this is our first so that's why it's, so, it's such a big deal so we are currently living in the era where we are the history makers so anything you start now you will go down in the, as either the first or the second. Does that make sense? Oh, no, yeah. No, I, yeah. That makes 100%. So if you're thinking about doing something and then this is your sign. <laughs> Start it now. I think one of your questions in the question was that what would uh, 
you say to a young Papua New Guinean who is tired of being broke and wants to start looking after themselves? What's the thing? What's the first thing you would say to them? Mm-hmm. Start now. So start. A lot of these people are not good at what they do, but they sell us themselves as they're good as they they're good at what they do. Like as myself, I I'm surprised that I'm I'm here talking with you about business because I I literally just started. You know what I mean? And if you if you were to interview me a year ago, mm-hmm. I would be a nobody. You know, like I would be just someone from the block who would be selling bread or probably just known as a, a YouTube channel or just tourism occasion, you know, freelancer. But now you're talking to me as someone who's in business. So for me, that's like that's like a celebration for myself. Like I have to stop and realize that, oh, I've come this far and I, I can't turn back because I'm a very impu- impulsive person. Like I'm like, I'm just like, man, I'm done with everything. I just want to go back to the village and stay as my carefree village girl. But actually, there are some, you need money to live in a village as well. Just mm-hmm. if you want to live, like I want to live a quality village life. Like, you know, something you see off the Instagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I want to live in like a nice cottage, you know, fully finished, uh, vanished. And, you know, I have my hot water running and, you know, I'm in the nature, but, you know, I have my hot and cold water and you know, I have a water backup tank. I have my electricity, you know, I have my greenhouse, you know, a dance room, you know, all these things like we can live in the village. Oh, it'd be awesome. But then we can live like a quality village life, you know, and don't ever say this. I hate it when people say, I'm a white man. Eh? You know, like, no. So what are Papua New Guinea supposed to be living like in dirt? That doesn't make sense. I want, I want us Papua New Guineans to stop saying that. Emil white man says stop or Emil something about white man. No, 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 no. And I hate it when they have this white man master mentality because then it makes it seem like we're the slaves. You know, why a master, master, master? You want them slave. We have to, th- you have to like treat ourselves better. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we deserve to mm-hmm. be like that as well. We deserve to live good as well. You know, we deserve to live in a clean house, no ants, no cockroaches. You know what I mean? Like we deserve to mm-hmm. be on that level. We deserve to have backup water, backup power. It has to be like it has to be like something that's a normal thing. It's not. You can't view it as like, oh, I'm a big shot or I'm a mm-hmm. big mantle or like a dislike. But no, no, no. You ha- you can work towards that goal like yourself. Man, I think okay. I think uh, <laughs> this is yeah. No, like I said, this has definitely been one of the most uh, I guess eye opening. Uh, interviews I've had on the podcast so far and I really do appreciate you coming on and I think that what you mentioned earlier about if I was to interview you like a year ago Mm. you wouldn't have like anything to say but now a year on now like you've learned and gained so much knowledge yeah and I think uh, I think we'll we'll come we'll put the podcast to an end and I think I'll ask you just one one final question before we leave I think uh, in in relation to the final question uh, Mm -hmm. the question that you brought up was uh like imagine there's uh, there's a Papua New Guinean who you know they work a job but then it doesn't pay enough to live in the city and mm-hmm. things like that so uh, what's what's one of the first or basic things you'd advise them to doing just in terms of what they can do to just take uh, control back and just sort of help themselves with the current situation save up you have to save up a bit of money because once you have a bit of money then you can fund your business you know whether it's selling 10 toyan loli or 20 toyan loli mm-hmm. or 
just biscuits or you start small you know sell anything sell flex card boy that's your side hustle but you have to have a main income job you know so you have mm-hmm. a main income so that you can save up and then your side hustles also they will contribute to your final destination which is whatever you want to do you know so before I before I was like oh let's I'm time to quit I'm going to go and do this but then you know what I never had the money to actually fund my business so I had to find a job and then find my job and then start a, another biz, like a online business to actually fund my future business you know what I mean so now like now I'm working as I'm working as a sales manager in House of Boom, but I also squeeze. I have like a side hustle, which is I make like a fresh organic sugar cane juice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's like, and then I, I also teach like Chinese class lessons, class. So you have to do a lot of, you, you, cannot, mm. you cannot expect one job to get all the money you need. You have to have a lot of incomes, you know. So even me, like I work like at least four jobs, let's say. Yeah, so like House of Boom, then I on on the uh, weekend market, which is the um, fresh organic sugar mm-hmm. cane juice. Then I sometimes translate as well, and then um, and then sometimes I take tourists around. Uh-huh. Yeah. that's one of the lessons I've also learned recently that you can't uh, rely on one source of income, mm-hmm. especially when it's a business. You have to be doing or wear different hats and be doing different things at the mm. same time. And you have to multitask. Mm-hmm. You know, some. Like of uh, renovation, sometimes you come inside and this guy is just sitting on the floor and the place is not done yet. That's how I was. That's how I was a bit fuzzy in the morning. The guy is sitting on the floor. The place is not done. They promised to finish in two days. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you sitting on the floor? I'm like, oh, maybe I'll wait him. Mane lokamlo, fix him door and make it. And I'm like, okay, can you go and do something else while waiting? Like, no, but he's gonna sit there and wait because that person, because in his mind is like, I have to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. So because this thing, this guy, he didn't bring the materials, so he's just there sitting down doing nothing when he could be painting the walls or just cleaning the floors, and you know what I mean? Just to fasten the process. But no, he'd rather, he's just waiting for this person <laughs> to continue to do that other thing. So it just takes a really long time. But yeah, that's one thing. Do have multiple side hustles. But of course, um, only if you can handle it. Don't stress mm. yourself too much. Yeah. But save up. That's it. Save up. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that marks the end of this episode of the New Net Podcast. Uh, thank you, Jenny, for so much for joining us. This has thank been, you. like I said. Thank you for having me. It's it's very rare or we don't have these kinds of conversations often where a lot of, uh, I'd say the things that I'm starting to see a bit of are sort of like confirmed in your eyes or at least mm-hmm. like how you see things is like, yeah the idea of how, how I'm just beginning to see things. So mm. I do appreciate your input and uh, your opinion on these things. And thank, thank, you, thank, thank you. you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. You know, just me sit down and we can talk about what I got next day. You know? <laughs> but thank you so much for having me and just sharing a peace of mind. And, you know, hoping that this would like ignite a fire in our youth mm-hmm. to just go out and do something, you know, and earn something and then just start something, you know. And then you can be the next prime minister or next millionaire of Papua New Guinea. You know, it's, it just starts with that four, first one kina income. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a strong message. And uh, But yes, that marks the end of this episode. Thank, Thank you so much, Jenny, for coming. And yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you. <laughs>